Healthcare Callings, the podcast where we call healthcare workers from around the world to learn about the story and the field they work in. My name is Austin Thompson. I'm a registered nurse, currently working in the emergency department, and I'm a huge advocate for exploring all of the opportunities that healthcare can provide. I wanted to take this time to say thank you to all the listeners. I'm glad many of you are joining in every week to learn about the different healthcare careers we're discussing. As a way of thanking you, we put together this bonus episode with David Pfeiffer, one of our earlier guests. He's obviously a very cool guy with some great stories, and his episode is still one of the most listened to episodes that we have. During our previous episode, we mentioned his work with the NDMS, the National Disaster Medical System, but we didn't discuss it very much. This bonus episode is the rest of that conversation and offers a great look at a really interesting opportunity for healthcare workers. I hope you enjoy, and uh, thank you again. All right, so we're back to hear a little bit about the NDMS, which is a national disaster management system, I believe. Medical system. Medical system. Mm-hmm. There we go. Learning stuff already. So can you tell us a little bit about what it is, what its function is, and who is staffing this organization? Yeah. So uh, NDMS, National Disaster Medical System, is comprised of the Department of Defense, the Department of Veterans Affairs, and the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. And kind of at its core, it's this system of basically the federal government's healthcare assets that can respond to disasters and then evacuate patients from those disaster areas if need be. So like on paper, and this actually has happened many times in recent history, but 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 conceptually the idea is, um, you know, a town gets like, destroyed by a a tornado. We can send disaster healthcare responders to that town to start treating people. We can then, of course, triage and figure out who's the most frail and needs more care and all that kind of stuff. We can put them on DOD aircraft and evacuate them out of that area, fly them far away out of that disaster zone. And then they can be received by VA hospitals around the country And then all of this care is basically free because it's being provided by the federal government, right? So it's all just like paid for. Um, And like I said, we actually have done that on a few occasions throughout history. In in reality, sort of the modern way that NDMS has tended to be used has generally been by using the HHS teams a little bit more than those other assets. So within HHS... We have all these different teams. There are um, United States Public Health Service Commission Corps response teams, but then there are civilian response teams. And a lot of people have probably heard of DMATS, and that's kind of the flagship team of NDMS. So DMATS stands for Disaster Medical Assistance Team. And it's basically like a 50-person field hospital. And so it's um, every role that you would expect to see in an emergency department minus probably like rad techs and phlebotomists. Okay, so it's physicians, respiratory therapists, nurses, nurse practitioners, PAs, pharmacists, and techs and nurses. And, you know, they can like set up a tent and take patients. 
And basically the only thing that they can't really do in those tents is, um, is like x-rays and MRIs. But, you know, we have ultrasound, we have eye stats, we have, um, uh, a full pharmacy in, you know, it comes out of Pelican cases. We have all kinds of stuff. And so those DMAT teams get deployed a lot and, you know, people have probably seen them on the news, um, for hurricanes, uh, other kinds of disasters. Um, and then there's other teams as well. There's like, we have trauma teams, uh, surgical teams, veterinary teams, uh, mortuary teams. And so a lot of times the way that it works is that, um, there's a hurricane that's projected to, to hit a big, you know, big city or whatever on the coast. Um, we will go ahead and stage all those different kinds of teams there and then deal with whatever comes from that storm. And it just kind of, you know, pluses up the local healthcare infrastructure, decompresses hospitals, addresses the fact that, you know, people don't want to leave their homes to go to shelters if they're afraid that their pets won't be cared for. So the veterinary teams can come in and do their thing, all that kind of stuff. Um, and these civilian responders, like on these DMAT teams, um, uh, they, 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 we, they do this part-time, right? So you as a nurse working in Cincinnati, you could apply to join probably the like Kentucky one DMAT team or one of the Ohio DMAT teams. And you do your thing as a, as a nurse for in Cincinnati. And then you, you know, you do a little bit of training with NDMS throughout the year. And then at some point, at some point during the year, you get the call. Hey, Austin, um, you know, Kentucky one DMAT team is being sent down to, uh, you know, Houston for, uh, hurricane Harvey or whatever, you know, it is coming in, um, you know, pack your bags. You're going to be gone for two weeks. And so you get deployed sort of like the military. Um, recently, uh, NDMS has been used in a big way for more general public health emergencies. Um, so like COVID. Um, we've been sending out a lot of DMAT teams to basically provide surge staffing to hospitals that have been overwhelmed with COVID patients. And we have DMAT teams right now that are doing actual vaccine administration for these enormous drive-through pods like out in California and Arizona. Thank you so much. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, I think the coronavirus pandemic has brought a lot of these resources to light yeah. that people do not typically hear about. Uh, you know, positive and negatives of that. But um, it's good that people are kind of aware these opportunities are out there. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned real briefly the HHS, so mm -hmm. Health and Human Services, which is a huge government agency that covers everything, everything. Right. Um, but the other thing that you touched on real quick was the Public Health Service Corps, mm -hmm. which I think is really interesting. Mm -hmm. So they would be the professional counterparts to your kind of reserve capacity, correct? Sort of. So the U.S. Public Health Service Commission Corps is really interesting. Um, they are one of the uniformed services of the United States. So most people think of those uniformed services as the military. There's basically two additional components to that enterprise, right? So you have your Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Space Force now, I guess, and Coast Guard. But then you also have the NOAA, uh, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration Commission Corps, and you have the U.S. Public Health Service Commission Corps. So the U.S. Public Health Service Commission Corps is led by the United States Surgeon General. That's why that guy wears a military uniform. And they are basically modeled in their rank structure and their culture and traditions after the Navy. 
Um, and they basically fill the specialized healthcare roles that the federal government needs to fill when those agencies don't have their own expertise in that. So a couple of interesting examples of this, the National Park Service, they have their medical rangers that, uh, you know, respond to like search and rescue calls and pick people off the mountainside and everything. Okay. That's one version of that. But in large parks like Yosemite, Yellowstone and so forth, they will oftentimes have U.S. Public Health Service Commission Corps, PAs, physicians, nurses working in clinics. Um, the Indian Health Service is basically staffed by U.S. Public Health Service Commission Corps people. Um, the Bureau of Prisons, uh, the Federal Bureau of Prisons, most of their clinicians operating in the prisons are U.S. Public Health Service Commission Corps officers. The U.S. Public Health Service Commission Corps also supplies all the medical services to the Coast Guard. So the pattern there basically, or the theme there is basically like federal activities or federal agencies that need healthcare professionals. And if they're not big enough to have their own solution to that, um, like the military, right, then these other agencies can basically, uh, you know, put the, put the word out to the Public Health Service Commission Corps or make a request, I guess, that, you know, we need your specialties. Mm-hmm. You'll find a ton of uh, uh, public health service commission corps people working, like working for the FDA, working for every uh, agency within HHS. Whenever they need somebody who is like a really highly educated, uh, very professional, like healthcare specialist, it's it's pretty cool. They're a very very sharp group of people that have a really huge range of skills. Absolutely, and they've got some great stories. There's some books out there about the work they do and some of the opportunities available through them. So maybe in the future we'll, we'll chat with one. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for kind of explaining that process too. I think it's a really interesting federal system that we don't see a lot. So it's good to to hear about somebody who's, who's worked with them. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Healthcare Callings is an AA career prep production hosted by Austin Thompson and edited by Andrea Edmond. You can follow Healthcare Callings on Instagram at Healthcare Callings Pod or on Twitter at Health Callings. For any questions, comments, or suggestions, please email us at austin at aacareerprep.com. Mm-hmm.